It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's Locked On Reds podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and they've got all the amazing flavors you can think of. If you like cookies and cream, they got that. If you like peanut butter? Got that too. Lots and lots of chocolate. Even if you're a coconut fan, like myself, you can get some chocolate coconut there as well. Go to BuiltBar.com and enter the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get $10 off your next order. Built Bar is as amazingly nutritious as it is unbelievably delicious, and you got to check them out. They've also got some great customer programs as well. Right now, if you buy some Built Bars, they're going to give you a cooler for free. Check out BuiltBar.com and enter the promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $10 off your next order. If you're snacking without Built Bar, then you're doing it wrong. Head over to BuiltBar.com and enter the promo code Locked On. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As the 2020 season rages on, the Locked On Reds podcast will be here each and every day to detail each win, each loss, and every transaction as the Reds look to move toward a playoff berth. My name is Jeff Carr. Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. Boy, you want to talk about a roller coaster day? That's what Monday was for Reds country. Welcome into the Lockdown Reds podcast. On today's show, we're going to talk about the trade deadline, the two deals that the Reds pulled off literally at the last minute, and then we're going to go over last night's game. We're going to do that second, though, because I'm wanting to start with some good news today. But before we get into the good news, make sure that you are subscribed on whatever current podcasting platform you're listening to. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Locked On Reds and save the Locked On Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. Going to do Jeff's junk mail segment tomorrow. Promise you, get them in. Questions, comments, reactions. If you want to vent, let me know. 513-549-0159 or on Twitter as well. All right, let's start off with the good news. The Reds had two trades. They got a reliever and they got an outfielder. Firstly, the big deal of the day, the Reds sent Josh Van Meter and outfield prospect Stuart Fairchild, which according to some different folks was ranked in the top 10 of the Reds organization to the Arizona Diamondbacks in exchange for Archie Bradley. Now, Archie Bradley was their closer. He may figure in some late-game situations for the Reds, definitely going to be a huge arm for this bullpen moving forward and hopefully in the playoffs here soon. Yeah, it feels like there's that's a long way off, though. We'll, we'll get to that in just a minute, though. But Archie Bradley comes in. With a 4.22 ERA in 10 and two-thirds innings pitched. He's a very interesting guy when you look at his statistics because the ERA, that's not great. He does have 12 strikeouts in those 10 and two-thirds innings compared to just three walks and his fielding independent pitching, which is kind of the ERA sans defensive variables, is 2.01. So they think he should be 
a lot better than he is. The one concerning thing about him, if you look at his StatCast page on Baseball Savant, they talk about he's been hard hit fairly a lot, actually. So we'll have to see if he kind of trims that back a bit coming into Derek Johnson. But overall, a very, very big pickup in a very big hole that the Reds are trying to fill, adding more talent to this bullpen. Archie Bradley definitely profiles as the talent that they need for the back end of the bullpen. Then the other trade that they made was with the Los Angeles Angels. They sent Packy Naughton and a player to be named later for Brian Goodwin. Now, Brian Goodwin is an outfielder. He's played some center field as well as corner outfield. He profiles a little bit more as a corner outfielder. Basically, this dude is a bit more talented version of Philip Irvin. This season alone, he's hitting 242 with the batting average, but he gets on base 33% of the time, and his OPS Plus tells us that he's an above-average hitter. His OPS Plus is 114. For his career, he gets on base 32% of the time, just a little bit over, and so far this year, he has four home runs in 95 at-bats. And if you were watching last night's game with the Cardinals, that would actually be the tied for the Cardinals team lead. So there's something there. I don't know. That's not really a whole lot. He does have 17 RBIs as well. Not going to say that they slot him into the leadoff spot. He's probably going to be more of a rotation outfielder. He bats with the left hand. So he'll profile pretty well as a spell for Nick Senzel whenever he gets back, which also good news on that front. He released a statement today. Well, okay, so he had like a screenshot of something that he typed up and he tweeted it. Nixon Zell did. He said, I will be back on the field soon. Thank you to everyone for their well wishes and support. I got great news today, which is one step closer to returning to the field. And also, I'm going to miss my brother Josh Van Meter talking about the trade that sent Van Meter to Arizona. But what a great opportunity for him. Go Reds. The good news is he's closer to getting back on the field. Been a few days since we've heard anything about our man Nick Senzel, so this is good news to hear that whatever it is, he's closer. You can speculate on what that might be. Uh, regardless, this team needs him back on the field. It is much better with Nick Senzel on the field than with him off the field. You get him on, you bat him leadoff. Although Joey Votto's looked pretty decent in the leadoff spot the last couple of games, maybe that uh, three games in a row that he sat out kind of got his head in the right place. I, I, I don't know. That's like an old school baseball thought there. But regardless, I was very happy about those trades. Bradley makes the bullpen better. Goodwin gives the team better depth. And there's a lot of folks that are uninspired by this. I watched him play and I've seen him play a handful of times. So I'm not going to say I know everything about the guy, but in the handful of times that I've watched it, I've been impressed by him. And one of the things that people are talking about with him is he is a high-energy, very athletic outfielder, can move around all three outfield spots if needed. And, you know, you might be thinking, oh, is this like another Willie Tavares? Haven't seen him in a while. His career on base percentage as well was 32%. But Brian Goodwin is a better overall hitter than Willie Tavares was. I, I'm excited about this acquisition. Both trades are making the Reds better. However... We're going to talk about how the Reds did this thing where they like to do something good and then do something bad to make you not sure about them. We're going to talk about what happened in the game that opened the Reds and Cardinals series. We're going to do that here 
in just a minute. But Monday was like a microcosm of 2020 with good, bad. It makes you feel like you got to be waiting on something else, waiting on success for the Reds. In fact, 2020 as a whole has been one massive rain delay when you look at the sport of baseball because sports and baseball had stopped for a long time. You know what didn't stop, though? Your business. And that makes it even more important than ever to get the hiring process right. Indeed is here to help with that. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Right now, Indeed is offering my listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Indeed, with sponsored jobs is one of those things that gets you three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. That $75 credit is going to go a long way to paying that because also when it comes to Indeed, unlike other sites, they give you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay what, what you need and you can pause your account at any time and there's also no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Try out Indeed with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash MLB. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash MLB. That's Indeed.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. MLB. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. Also, what time is it? Well, if you're like me, it really doesn't matter because you're hungry. You know what can help with that? Postmates. Postmates is going to bring your favorite food right to you, right where you're sitting. Check out the Postmates app and enter promo code Locked On. You'll get $100 in free delivery for your first seven days. And you got no order minimums as well. Postmates has all of the best options. Think of your favorite place to get a bite to eat. It's on Postmates. There's Jersey Mike's. There's Potbelly Sandwich. I just, I'm a big sandwich guy. I also like Taco Bell. They got Taco Bell on there as well. Even McDonald's and Wendy's. Fast food. If you want Outback, they got that too. Postmates is awesome with that. They can even go and grab something from the store if you need it, a convenience store, something like that, and bring it right to you. In this pandemic, we're all trying to cut back on how much we're going out. That way we can stop the spread of the virus. Postmates is going to help you with that because they got no contact delivery as well. All of this great stuff can be had on the Postmates app. And when you enter the promo code Locked On, you'll get $100 in free delivery for your first seven days and no order minimum. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Download Postmates and save with the promo code locked on. All right. We've uh, we talked about the good stuff. We talked about the trades. The Reds getting a couple of guys. The Reds might be getting Nixon Zell back soon. Good news. Now we go to the bad news. Now we talk about the Reds and Cardinals series opener. And, and look, the, the bullpen, hey, they pitched five scoreless innings. The lineup, it provided five runs. The only problem was Anthony DiSclefani gave up seven runs in three and two-thirds innings. And that, more than anything, will lead us to our pivotal play of the day. The pivotal play of the game.
go the runners, and DeYoung sends one out to deep center field. Akiyama back, gone! Grand slam, Paul DeYoung! His first grand slam in the big leagues on a 3-2 pitch. Sends it out to center field and the grand slam for the Cardinals shortstop. That was a killer. Not, not just because it was the Cardinals, uh, not just because it was a grand slam, not even just because that all but solidified the Reds a 1-4 record in their first five games against the Cardinals in 2020. No. I feel like that shouldn't have even happened. Look, Disco was struggling from get-go, from the word go. Dude was not pitching well. He was all over the place, all over the zone. At this point, at the point where he's pitching to Paul DeYoung, he is already well over 80 pitches in the fourth inning. After the third inning, I thought that was it. I thought, okay, they're going to pull him. They're going to bring in a long reliever, and we're going to roll with it that way. That didn't happen. He starts off the inning getting Dylan Carlson to pop out for out number one. Nice. Okay, one batter, one out. All right, Colton Wong then singles, whatever, leadoff hitter, you're okay with that. Then they get out number two on a fly out. All right, that's great. Maybe he's going to get out of this. And he walks somebody. Then a pass ball by Tucker puts runners on second and third. And you're like, oh, okay, this is probably the point where I go out, I talk to him, I get somebody warming up. Well, they go out and they talk to him, but nobody's warming up. There's no one at the bullpen in this point. Then Brad Miller walks, bases loaded. Oh, now we're going to get somebody up. No mound visit to calm him down, nothing to stop. Then he goes full on Paul DeYoung. And obviously you're not going to take him out at this point, and you're just like, Oh, boy, I hope they call a good pitch. Tucker is feverishly trying to call for a slider. Paul DeYoung is a right-handed hitter. Anthony DiSclefani is a right-handed pitcher. Everyone knows you throw the slider there. But Disco was so worried about walking him, he shook Tucker off like I don't even know how many times. Just kept shaking his head. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. He wanted the fastball. So Tucker reluctantly says, all right, give me the fastball. He sets up in the corner of the plate. He's like, I don't want this anywhere near the middle. Guess where it goes? Right down the middle. Because Disco has had no control. And so the only question I had on my mind for acting manager Freddie Benavides, because David Bell was suspended, that was from the other night from the Chicago Cubs game in which he was suspended, Winker was suspended, and Joey Votto was suspended. Both those guys played today, although Winker did get a one-game suspension. He is appealing that. He may serve it tomorrow whenever the Cardinals put a left-handed pitcher on the mound. <laughs> nice, little, uh, nice little flex there. But all in all, David Bell not in the game. I feel like David Bell probably would have pulled him there. And I still got people saying, boy, this is just another, another nail in the coffin of David Bell. It's like, David Bell wasn't there. There's nothing wrong with David Bell on this. This isn't his fault. Like, why on earth is Freddie Benavides sitting on his hands while Anthony DiScofani is throwing ball after ball, walking guy after guy, giving up hit after hit? And okay, he gets a couple of outs early on in the inning. That's great. When the bases started loading, when the pass ball happened, that's when I'm getting him out of here. They, he's got no business being in this game anymore. And they're like, no, 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 he's, he's going to be okay. Okay, then he walks a guy. Oh, my God, take him out. No. 
That's when we start thinking about taking him out. That's when we start warming up Michael Lorenzen. And then he gives up the grand slam. And then they bring in Michael Lorenzen. He strikes out the next guy. And it's like, oh my gosh, they called the fire department after the building had burnt to the ground already. Didn't matter at that point. So the only question I had after that game was why? Why on earth did that happen that way? Here's Freddie Benavides' answer. I mean, we got Michael. We got Michael going. I mean, he had two outs, one guy on, you know, and he's our starter. And he did struggle a little bit. I mean, he hasn't pitched in nine days, and, and it was on paternity leave. And he was very strong, actually. I thought he was very strong. I thought he was throwing one of his, his probably at his best velocity of the year. Um, he's just a little inconsistent with his command. Um, we try to get that. He, that was his last hitter. Uh, we just try to squeeze one more hitter out, and it just just made a mistake, and, and, and a good hitter hit it out of the ballpark. Look, I get it. He's the replacement guy. He's the temporary manager. Why David Bell serves a one-game suspension. Bell wasn't there. This was the guy that he was just trying to fill in, just trying to get from A to B. Here's the problem with that, though. In a 60-game season, in a game in which the Reds, are, they didn't need to win. It wasn't a must-win, but we're getting to the point where you really can't lose that much more. That is now the Reds' 20th loss of the season. They are 15-20. and 20. There's not any games on the schedule that they should be handing over. There's not any scenarios where they're just like, well, you know, maybe be able to get one more out of him. Might be able to throw another one in here. I don't know. He struggled a little bit. That I just don't get that, man. That is not the philosophy that the dugout has had the entire season. In fact, what is the biggest complaint from everybody is that they take starters out too early. That's been the complaint, like, oh, man, it looked like he could have went a little bit longer. Disco was done in the third. I was just glad he got out of the third, not giving up more runs than he did. But they scored a run in the first. They scored a run in the second. They scored a run in the third. There were runners all over the place. that could have been much worse. And then it got much worse. And if you mitigate that, if you bring somebody else in, if you bring in Lorenzen, who finishes off the third out, bing, bang, boom, we're all done going to the bottom of the fourth inning, then, hey, you mitigate the damage and you keep it at 3-1, to one, you score five runs, who knows? Maybe you hold them the rest of the game still and you win 5-3. to three. But that was taken off the table. When you leave Disco in too long, he throws up a meatball and DeYoung just kills it. I mean, killed that ball. It, wasn't even, it was a no-doubter. And it's funny because I know that David Bell has garnered lots of criticism. I've levied some criticism against him based on some moves that he's made. But if you look around the league... Everybody's mad at their manager. The Yankees have half of their team on the shelf. And most people were yelling at Aaron Boone the other day because he brought in a role Chapman. Now picture that in a world that is real in reality, they get mad at a guy for bringing in one of the most talented relief pitchers in the game. They said, how on earth could you bring him in? What? Everybody's complaining about the manager. And we saw a little bit of the other side. Now, obviously, I don't know if Freddie Benavides would be a favorite, you know, in a hypothetical world where David Bell is not the Reds' manager. Is Freddie Benavides a favorite to land that job? I don't know. After watching him last night, I tend to think not because that was not good managing. That was a really piss-poor job of managing his bullpen there. He had nine guys sitting on the bullpen. Seven of them had not pitched yesterday so they had a lot of fresh dudes waiting to pitch and they're all just sitting on their hands like all right waiting on the call waiting on the call waiting on the call 
That that was just unexcusable to me. Threw the game away and really kind of leveled out a day in which we all had some good vibes with the Reds. Saw a lot of those gifts when they're just like, just when I'm out, they pull me back in. Love that gift, by the way. But saw a lot of that yesterday. And then they turn around and everybody's like, all right, whatever. The Cardinals hit that grand slam. I think pretty much half the fan base turned it off. And you can say what you want about that. But people got other stuff they'd like to do, you know? They don't have to watch a baseball game. And when you've got your manager sitting on his hands, not taking the guy out, no sense of urgency, and then all of a sudden, bam, you're down 7-1. Why should anybody be worried about watching that team? Hopefully, it's better tonight as the Reds and Cardinals square off at 640 again. Sonny Gray on the mound for the Red Legs. Hopefully, Sonny Gray can get a win. Now, he is going against Kwon Hyung Kim, who pitched an amazing game against the Reds on August the 22nd. In fact, after that, then he pitched against Pittsburgh and did the exact same thing. In both instances, he pitched six shutout innings with three strikeouts and three hits allowed. He did have one walk against the Pirates, but he's pitched a pretty clean 12 straight innings. Have to see what the Reds can do with him. They'll most likely be without Jesse Winker in the lineup. I I assume that his appeal will get denied and he'll have to serve that one-game suspension. Maybe we'll see Brian Goodwin start. Not really sure there. And we could see Archie Bradley out of the bullpen. But hopefully this they bounce back. I mean, they got five runs last night. What do you want out of them? Out of that lineup. The lineup, I mean, when they score five runs, we got to be happy about that because we've had some games that it's just pulling teeth to get hits. And Gino had an amazing day yesterday. Very nice RBI single, and then also a very nice three-run home run that in any other game would have been very, very pivotal. But it was moot in a game like this when you're down six runs in the fourth inning. Let's hope we're all in a better mood tomorrow. Now, tomorrow, we will have a Locked On crossover with Lucas Smith from the Locked On Cardinals podcast. We'll be talking about this series as well as the state of the NL Central as a whole as both the Cardinals and the Reds seem poised to battle for that second spot and the trade deadline in which the Reds did something and the Cardinals didn't. We'll see what that all means. Talk about it tomorrow on the Locked On crossover with Lucas Smith from the Locked On Cardinals podcast. But that'll do it for us here today. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure that you're subscribed so you don't miss any episodes. Also, I aired earlier when I said tomorrow we'll get the Jeff's Junk Mail Thursday. So still get your questions, your comments, all that good stuff in Jeff's Junk Mail on Thursday. You're not going to want to miss it. All right, that's it. I'm done talking now. Hope you guys have a great day. Tell your smart devices to play Locked On Major League Baseball. And I will talk to you all with Lucas Smith tomorrow. Let's go, Rex. Hey. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.